1: God to do. How many of you came ready for God to do something in your life? We had, I don't know how many, filled with the Holy Spirit in the last service. God has touched people's lives, changed their lives, families weeping as they saw breakthrough happening. Father, I'm asking you, for those present, for those listening, for those watching, those tuned in live now. For everyone who connects with this moment, Hmm, somebody just lift your hands toward heaven right now. Everyone who has a hunger to grow in Jesus, I pray that they will have an encounter with the Holy Spirit and fire in Jesus' mighty name, amen and amen. Well, it is an honor to worship with you this morning. Again, what a beautiful uh, way to launch the, this moment of expectancy that we are looking forward for Jesus to come. It does no good to have attended church and miss the return of the Lord Jesus Christ. He's coming for those watching and waiting for his return. Those who have washed themselves in the blood of the Lamb and have prepared their hearts for the coming King. This is not my sermon, but let me go ahead and tell you now. When you have heard his shout and you have heard the trumpet blast, do not look for me here. Because I'm waiting for the day when we shall see him face to face we began a study here the last week, or maybe it was the week before that. That tells me we've been studying this. It's not only February. We've been studying this for March, for April, and now almost all of May. Because we have been on a push toward Pentecost. Well, welcome to Pentecost Sunday. We have asked you to memorize the Verse Romans chapter number 10, verse number 9. Now, next Sunday, there are going to be donuts for those who know how to quote this verse, and now's your test. Are you ready? Here we go. Romans chapter number 10, verse number 9 says that if you openly declare that Jesus Christ is Lord, and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Now, I got about half of you. We don't need as many donuts for this service. (laughs) I told you this is your test. Here we go. One more time. If you openly declare that Jesus is Lord, and you believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Oh, if I had a gold star, I'd give it to you. (laughs) We are in the right place. We have been memorizing the word. Why is it important? Because every time the devil comes to tell you that you're not really born again, you need the word to remind the enemy of who you are by your confession of faith in the resurrected king. For it is by believing in your heart that you are made right with God, and it is openly declaring your faith that you are saved. We began a study all of those weeks ago, on the word believe, we learned a Greek word that I've never seen a congregation take to so freely. But I think that Jonathan helped us memorize it. Could you help me with that Greek word for believe? It is? Pistivo. How many of you just envisioned him over there with that? Yes, amen. Pistivo. That word being divided into three definitions. One, to accept the truth of something, to trust in something or somebody. We talked about putting our trust in Jesus. If you confess, believe is putting our trust in Jesus, bestiwo in him. To believe means that we have an inner conviction that is motivated by our highest aspirations. Listen to me. Some of you just want to be better. God didn't call you to be better. He called you to become your best. Let me say that again. Some of you just want to be better than you are. But God didn't call you to be just better than you are. He's called you to become the best and the highest version of who he created you to be. You will never achieve that on your own. And then the third definition of Pestiva was this. A genuine faith that is a continuing faith. Action is the standard of measurement for your belief, that if you really believe it, you'll act on it. Secondly, what we believe determines the direction we'll take at crossroads. Third, that there is life-changing power, and you receive believe and you receive the power of the Holy Spirit. Can I get an amen for that? That what we believe determines what we take away from our experiences. That if you go into a situation with the wrong belief process, you will leave with a bitter taste in your mouth. If you go in with a right belief process, you can grow. and, and, And even though it may not be the most pleasant process, you can grow from that moment. Next, we must come to believe that apart from him, we can accomplish nothing that really matters in this world. And this is important. We've also learned that you have what you need to become what God has called you to be. Now I want you to get what I'm about to say to you. It is majorly important. Act as if this phrase is why you came to church. Get this. Until you put God first, you will never know the power of a spirit-filled life of faith. Now let's look at that passage for I mean that statement for just a moment. Until you put God where? First. See, some of you have no problem diagnosing your problems. You just have a problem putting God in the right position to change your problems. You know what the issue is. You know what the sin is. You know what the struggle is. But yet, you're having trouble placing God in his rightful position in your life. When you get God first, it will change everything you do. Now, what does this have to do with our push toward Pentecost? How do we end up in this place in our study? Well, to understand Pentecost, you're going to have to understand that the Pentecost uh, is a Greek word that is trying to sum up a collection of Jewish holidays that, that, uh, that are referred to in many different ways, but one of the ways is called the Feast of Weeks, the Feast of Weeks. And in the Feast of Weeks, there's, le- there's the least amount of definition on how to celebrate the Feast of Weeks than any other Jewish celebration. I mean in the Passover it tells you eat all of this before this time don't leave this do this do this kill this like this do this at this point weigh this weigh this exact amount but during the Feast of Weeks there's latitude and listen to what I'm about to say this is very important there's latitude given to you during the Feast of Weeks that is very important to notice because of this many people have began to celebrate the Feast of Weeks in different ways some read the book of Ruth some read the law all night long there's different reasons for that but the reason that it's important to notice that there's latitude in the feast of weeks is this is catch this is that you might be coming at it from different directions but it's all about the position that you put God in that makes the difference. If you bring your faith from different directions to this house and you put God in the first place, listen to what I'm about to tell you. You give God superiority and the lordship that he demands. If you openly confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, when you get him in the right place, you better watch out. Your life's going to begin to line up in the way that God intended. So important. Not only is God going to begin to light up your life in the way that he intended, but then God's going to begin to do something supernatural inside of you that you can't do on your own. Because here's, here's the amazing thing that happens in this celebration. Now imagine for just a moment with me why those that would, would disagree about how, what they read, but those are the major ruling uh, group of them agreed that you read the law all night long. Now how many of you have ever read the law and it put you to sleep? When you start reading the book of Leviticus and Numbers and Deuteronomy, which is God's polite way to say, let me give it to you a second time so you won't forget. And as you begin to read those, you get tired. You get weary. You go, how many times do I have to read this? Let me just let me just illustrate this for you. How many times does it feel good to you to have to read that when you find a piece of cloth that has laid upon a dead carcass, that you must first bury the piece of cloth under something. And then after it has been researched for seven days later, you pull it out and you see if there's anything growing on it. And, and then you put it back in for seven more. I Maybe mean, you're enjoying the, 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 that scripture. Imagine reading that scripture all night long when a piece of mold is found on a wall, when this occurs, when that happens, when this, this, this happens. This is what the law demands. You can't wear this. You can't do that all night long. They read the law. Why did they read the law all night long? One Jewish tradition says they read the law all night long because one year they were so excited about celebrating the Feast of Weeks that they stayed up preparing so late that the next day they all slept in. And Moses was so mad at them for sleeping in that Moses said, from now on, you're going to pay for it by staying up the whole night before to make sure the day doesn't catch you unaware. So they developed this thing that when the law had been read, now listen to me, when the last word of the law, they would time it, they'd learned over the years how to time the reading of the law. It was almost like a chant. And the reading of the law, they knew how to time it. And when the last word of the law was read, it would be the dawn of the next day. Now watch this. When they read the last word of the law, if you've ever seen a Jewish person pray, I want you to help me. They'll take their hands, they'll turn them like this. Take your hands, turn it like this. And then they began to rock. Some of you just understand other people's worship style right now more than ever. Come on. They begin to rock like this. And as they begin to pray, they would pray a prayer of blessing. Watch this. They would pray a prayer of blessing once they finished reading the word. Come on, you're you're giving up too soon. They would pray the prayer of blessing when they finished reading the word. And as they prayed the prayer of blessing when they finished reading the word, this is what they would say. Are you ready? They would say, God, thank you for your law. We cannot live up to this on our own. God, will you help us? Will you bless us and help us to accomplish what we cannot do on our own? And when they said that prayer of blessing over the law that they admitted they could not measure up to the law, but only through God's help, then you knew that the day of Pentecost had fully come. When they said, we can't do it on our own. Now let me take you to Acts chapter 2. It says this, when the day of Pentecost had fully come. Come When they were saying, we can't do it on our own, that day, all of a sudden, there was a rushing mighty wind and a sound from heaven, and the Holy Spirit fell upon the believers. And he said, okay, you can't do it on your own. Here's my power. Here's my spirit. Here's how you're going to make it. Here's how you're going to overcome. Because when you can't do it on your own, I'll bring the supernatural to meet your natural, and I'll help you do more than you could ever imagine. Amen. Now, this is important, super important, because we can't do it on our own. I don't, I don't know if that's a revelation to somebody or not, but you can't do it on, let me just start here. I can't do this on my own. I can't. Oh, oh. let me, let me clarify. I can't do this on my own. Yeah, I could get up here and preach a message that maybe might make you shout, maybe might, but I didn't come up here to make you shout. I came up here to give you an impartation of the Word of God to change your life. Amen. I can't do this on my own. I cannot give you what you need on my own. But that's why it blows my mind. When I sat down months ago to begin to prepare this message series, I wrote out all the Sundays that would be all the way to Pentecost. And when I came to the Sunday of Pentecost, watch this now, God said to me, I want you to preach on first fruits. I said, what does that have to do with anything, God? Why would I preach on first fruits on Pentecost? This does not make any sense to me. But I listened to the Holy Spirit, wrote down first fruits. Well, let me rephrase it. I listened to the Holy Spirit until Monday. Then I started arguing with the Holy Spirit. I was like, Holy Spirit, that's just too easy. I know that I've already got this message together on first fruits, but that's too easy. Why am I preaching this message on first fruits on Pentecost? And it's almost like he said to me again, look it up. Now, you're brilliant. I get it. Wait for some of us. Do you know what the Feast of Weeks is also called? It's the time that you bring the celebration of... Watch this now. It's the time you bring the celebration of the first fruits. Can I just tell you, I felt about two shades beyond stupid at that moment. Because I was arguing with the Holy Spirit... I was telling the Holy Spirit that I knew better than him. You better watch out when you're telling the Holy Spirit you know better than him. I was telling the Holy Spirit, no, 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 we're going to end this thing the way that I think we need to end it. We're going to talk about the day of Pentecost. We're going to end it like this. But all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit put me in a place. Watch this. Put me in a place. He said he gave me something in advance so I could focus on what I needed to focus on this week and said, look, I'm going to equip you to do what you cannot do on your own, and I'm going to give you supernatural provision to line your life up and line this church up so that what you're going through won't hinder what I want to do inside of them. Now watch this. This is how the Holy Spirit speaks to you. That God wants to line your life up in such a way that when you begin to put him first, you're never going to understand how it works out, but it always works out for your good. Why? Because God's doing something that you don't even know about in advance. The question is, are you going to put him first? Now I had no clue when we were pushing toward what? Pentecost. That this week we'd be challenged about Pentecost. Pentecost. I'm looking to two men, one on my right, one on my left. We all three received an email. We all three received an email. Somebody upset about this ministry. Somebody upset about who we are as a ministry. Not because of what they claimed, but they were trying to find something they could use against us. Because the reality is, I'll just be honest with you, they were mad because we're, we're beating them in sports. How many of you know that sports bring the devil out in people? Come on now, Amen. <laughs> They were mad because we're beating them in sports. And so they sent a copy of their bylaws. And now you have to understand, there are Pharisees and Sadducees still in the world today. Let me say it again. Pharisees and Sadducees. Pharisees believed in life after death. They believed in spirits. They believed in heaven. They believed in hell. They didn't believe, Jesus settled this. Pharisees believed in angels. Sadducees did not believe in life after death. They didn't believe in heaven. They didn't believe in hell. They didn't believe in angels. And Jesus many times settled this when he said there was a certain man named Lazarus. And there I mean, there was a rich man and a beggar named Lazarus. And and they went to hell. And he talked about as angels are like this in heaven. And he settled all this and said, look, you Sadducees are wrong when you think that God will. nothing to do with mankind because the ultimate creed of the Sadducee is that God no longer speaks to man. This is the the Sadducee statement that we were all emailed to attack this ministry. I thought, what a week on the week of Pentecost. Are you ready for this? This group says, we believe that scripture does not allow for direct revelation or for you to hear from God today. God doesn't speak to people today. Nor for a continuation of New Testament gifts, visions, dreams, prophecies, healings, or speaking in tongues. I thought, what a week. Pentecost week. They're going to question who we are in the spirit of the living God on Pentecost. That's why these men handled it and not me. Because you know what I wanted to say? God told me about you this morning. Come on now, amen. But God was dealing with the situation even beforehand. But what we had to realize is when you have a quest for a move of the Spirit of God in your life, you're going to have to fight a battle over a move of the Spirit of God in your life. Why? Because the devil doesn't want you hearing from God. Because when you start hearing from God, God's going to start doing amazing things in your life. I'll never forget this moment in my life. It was not one of the glorious moments of my life. I had failed as a pastor. I was not where I was supposed to be and I hadn't, I didn't have enough faith to really believe God for what he was going to do. But I was called to the, to Emory Hospital and I went down to, uh, no, excuse me, Grady Hospital. I was called to Grady Hospital. I walked into Grady Hospital, walked into the ICU and they said, you can't go back there. And this boy's mama said, he will go back there. And I walked in, and this young man had been cutting a driveway with a concrete saw. You might know what happens to concrete blades a lot of times. They explode. When it exploded, it severed his brain. When I walked in, he had been, uh, he was in, she said to me, now look, they're going to tell you that he's got pneumonia. The worst thing that could happen to him at this point on the respirator, he now has major case of pneumonia. His body was so swollen, it looked like his skin was about, to explode and it looked like his skin was about to explode i was like my goodness i'm gonna be burying this guy in a couple of days she said pastor i didn't bring you in here to look i brought you in here to pray i said well where can i lay hands on him she said you're going to and i said where am i going to lay hands on him and i looked and the only part that didn't look like it was about to explode open was his was his big toe I prayed, grabbed hold of his big toe. I got to praying. God got to moving. The Holy Spirit literally fell in the room, and I said these words. I pray that they will literally mark the time that I'm praying this prayer as the time he begins to recover in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. I finished my prayer. I went home. After, my goodness, I feel him right now. Come on now. I feel the Holy Ghost. After I went home, I went to bed. The next morning, my phone went off. Do you know what man of faith I am? I thought to myself, he must have died in the middle of the night. I picked up my phone, and there's a woman on the other end screaming. And this is what she's screaming at me. Pastor, they marked the time. They marked the time. They marked the time. I said, they did what? She said, don't you listen to your own prayers? You said, let them mark the time he began to get better. And he woke up, and God's healed his body. They marked the time that you were in the room. They marked the time. Let me explain something to you. You can't live without the Holy Ghost in this world. Sometimes you're going to deal with your own doubts and your own fears and your own inadequacies. But what you need is a God that you can look up to and say, God, I can't do it on my own. I can't rescue my children on my own. I can't rescue my family on my own. I can't deliver myself on my own. But God, if you'll send the Holy Ghost, I can be free. I can be healed. Why don't you give God a praise like he deserves?" come on praise him like he deserves I said praise him like he deserves hallelujah I'm talking about a holy ghost that will keep you that will guard you that will protect you all along the way praise God God's good I'm out of time but I'm not out of sermon Genesis chapter 1 open your Bibles Genesis 1, let me explain, first book, first chapter, first verse. Some of you are like, where's that at? I'm helping you. First book, first chapter, first verse. Who can quote it by heart? Wrong. You're quoting the wrong translation of this, an inaccurate translation. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. That is not what it actually says in the Hebrew. Now, I, many of you know I'm in this major Bible translation project. We're looking at things very in depthly, and the word here is not for beginning. The word here in Genesis 1:1, are you ready for this? Is persith. Persith. Persith is a Hebrew word that means, are you ready? First fruits. So you could literally translate Genesis 1, 1 as saying, here are the first fruits of creation, but better translated, you could translate it as, here's what God puts first. I'm trying to behave, but I feel the preacher just, just somewhere inside of me right in this moment. This is what God puts first. What does Romans 10 tell us that we have to believe and confess that Jesus Christ is Lord? What? That he is first. That he's given the right position. He's given the right authority. He's given, my goodness, that when he walks into our life, everything else has bowed before him. What does Genesis 1, 1 say? This is what God values most. This is what God puts First, can I remind you of another scripture? Who is God talking about? What he puts first. God puts you and I first. That while we were yet still dead in our sins, that Christ died for us. For it was, what's this, from the foundations of the earth, before all of this other began, first. God had already crucified Jesus Christ so that he could say to you, I don't care how messed up your life might look like, I've been cleaning it out, straightening it out, and fixing it for your good since the very beginning of time because I put you first. Wait a minute. If he puts us first and we put him first, we might just have revival. Well, Pastor, Exodus 34, 26 says this, says, bring the best of the first fruits of your soul to the house of the Lord your God. God says, look, I want you, I want you to learn. Watch this. I want you to learn to put me first so that when you come before me, it's not your secondary failure. That's the only reason you ever come before me. Listen, I'm going to pray this for some of you because some of you are worried about the time right now. I pray that the best food goes out last. Because I'm serving manna right now. You listen to me. God said, stop letting the only time you pray be when you're repenting. Stop bringing your failures before me constantly. Let yourself be so reconditioned that when you have to mention a failure, it's already part of an appointment that, my goodness, that you have standing with the King of Kings and the Lord. That's when you have a comfy chair in a back bedroom that you're used to going to. You understand what I'm talking about? It's when you have an environment where God's already been meeting you and you get in his, my goodness, and you get in his presence and you get in his anointing. I wish you could feel I feel like fire, literally the this, this this morning is running all over my body as I'm telling you, if you'll get past your failure and start putting God first, too many of us, we cry about our failures. We worry, we've enthroned our failures. It's time to dethrone your failure and enthrone the grace of a living God and watch what God can do. Amen. Amen. Amen, amen. amen and amen. Why? Oh, 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 Romans 11, 12, 11 and twenty-six. If the part of the dough offered as first fruits is holy, then then the whole batch is holy. If the root is holy, so are the. I feel it. I'm sorry. I just feel it. Y'all better be glad I'm not a skinny young preacher. I'd be running all over this building. I'd be preaching from that balcony right now. I feel it in my heart I feel it in my soul why because too many of us feel like we are too messed up for God to deliver us but the message he told me to tell you today is when you get smart enough to throw up your hands and say I can't do it on my own you start putting God first in the way you can where you can how you can all of a sudden it'll begin watch this it'll begin to to, to permeate the rest of your life when you start honoring God first in the morning Some of you go, God's not in the morning times. Yes, he is. I will awaken the dawn with my praise. I will awaken the the musical. I'll be up before everybody else declaring the Lord is good and his mercy endures forever. Why? Because I might have failed yesterday, but today I'm going to do my best to give him my first and watch him make the rest of me better. All right, I'm trying to close this thing because the first fruits. Sanctify the fruit that follows. That's what the scripture teaches us. Watch this. Some of you have worn the spirit of the world far too long. You've had a spirit of anxiety that you wear. Depression. Rebellion. Bitterness. Sin. I don't know what it is. You, 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 you're clothed in it. It's time to dethrone whatever it is. You don't understand how bound I am. Well, you don't understand 1 Corinthians 15 20. But Christ has been indeed raised from the dead. The what? First fruits of those who've fallen asleep. Pastor what does this have to do with Pentecost? It's everything to do with Pentecost. That's why he said, bring your first fruits on. This season. Why? Because he knew he knew he was gonna pour out his Holy Spirit when people admitted they couldn't do it on their own. Well, I just can't keep from doing that sin. Yes, you can. Well, my, my daddy sinned that way. Well, I don't care if your daddy sinned that way. It's time for a break now. Pastor Doug, all, no, no, no. Loosed in the name of Jesus. You expect there to be a little flame. That's not what we're after. That happened already. What we're after is you putting him first in your heart. Saying, I can't do it on my own. I cannot do this on my own. Pastor Don, I'm afraid if I admit I can't do it on my own, people will know I'm broken. How many of you are broken? Some of your arms are too broke to lift. (laughs) We're all broken. As a matter of fact, if you're not broken, you're going to be broken. Because it's a broken vessel that he will use. So you're broken. So you fight battles. I fight battles. I can't do it on my own. I need him more and, more and 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 more. It's a matter of belief. It's not, it's not that I want you to act like anybody else and be like anybody else. It's I want you to encounter God for yourself. If you're here today and you say, Pastor, I have never received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And I, I missed this whole point in my message. I got so fired up. To be baptized in the Holy Spirit means I'm identified with the Holy Spirit. It means that when people talk to you, they feel him. When they're around you, they encounter him when they see you moving, they see him moving. That's baptism of the Holy Spirit. It's not that you didn't receive the power of the Holy Spirit in your life when you began to be saved, yet you have not yet been empowered to be living testimonies. Because I'm about to call another group. Listen to me. Literally, literally, I'm going to speak to those online for just a moment. You need to tell Pastor Trey that that you would stand here if you type this, I can't do it on my own. I can't do it on my own. And he's going to begin to pray in the Holy Spirit over you. Over you right now. That God Is going to fill you in your homes right where you are those listening. I'm praying you'll be filled with the Holy Spirit right now Quickly 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 now those of you who say pastor Don I need a new fresh touch of the Holy Spirit They're praying for these begin to minister to them. begin to minister to them as they're praying for these you say pastor Don I need a fresh touch of the Holy Spirit. I want you to come as a second wave today quickly quickly begin to come My goodness, I feel the Holy Spirit. He's waiting for you. The, The level of expectancy in this room is high. The atmosphere, my Holy Ghost of the living God right now, right now, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, right now, I feel the presence of the Holy Spirit. Rick, come help me pray. Come help me pray. Listen, come help me pray. Quickly, quickly, quickly. Right now, by the authority of Jesus' name, by the authority of Christ, right now, there's healing power. There's healing power. Jason, come on, help me pray. Christian, start praying for people. People need to be touched right now by the, my goodness, the Holy Ghost of the Living God. He's falling on people right now by the authority of Jesus. Right now, they're going to be touched. They're going to be filled and refilled with the power of the holy spirit they're going to be filled by the power of the holy spirit right now come on receive ye the baptism of the holy spirit and fire right now in the name of jesus in the name above all names in the name of jesus christ hallelujah 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 i feel the holy ghost right now ray kelly i need i need some more help right up here right up here i'm calling for those that believe in the power of the holy spirit if you're if you're holy spirit uh, f- full of the Holy Spirit and you, you don't mind praying for somebody, come on, pray for them right now. Right now. I've got couples here. I've got people all around. I've got a young lady over here to my my right that needs somebody praying with them right now by the authority of Je- My goodness. You don't have to wait for me. Let the Holy Spirit of God. Oh, Spirit of God. Come on, get ready to lead us. Lead us. Come on. In the n- name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus.